Today's episode is sponsored by Liquid IV. I work out every week, so it's important to stay hydrated. Plus, on top of working out, I've got a three-year-old whose favorite after-meal activity is to run laps, like the little psychopath that she is. Clearly, I need all the hydration I can get. That's why I like to use Liquid IV for my workouts and just for my daily drinking. Liquid IV hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. With three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick, it's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. And I mean, yeah, vitamins and electrolytes are nice and all, but what about taste? They've got white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and my favorite, lemon lime. Tastes great to me. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use code R slash at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code R slash at liquidiv.com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Welcome to r slash today I effed up, where OP nearly kills his baby with a kiss. Today I effed up by kissing the top of my baby daughter's head. A little over a week ago, I kissed the top of our seven and a half week old baby's head. It was a single light kiss, and she had a thick head of hair with no obvious scratches or other skin imperfections, but I had cold sores on my lips at the time. We've been really careful to avoid giving our children cold sores or otherwise pass along the herpes virus, HSV-1. We've maintained a strict no kissing on the lips or face rule between everyone and our kids, and I don't kiss my wife on the lips or other regions while I have cold sores. But just a few hours ago, our seven and a half week old baby was diagnosed with herpes. She developed sores starting from where I kissed the top of her head within 24 to 48 hours of the kiss. We weren't sure what the sores were initially, so we brought her to a walk-in medical clinic for assessment. They took a swab sample for testing, and they provided a prescription for topical antibiotics while suggesting the sores could be due to bacterial infection. But after 48 hours, the sores were continuing to grow and spread across the top of her head. So we phoned the clinic and our family doctor, but they still had no test results. They then provided a prescription for oral antibiotics. But after 24 hours, the sores were continuing to grow and were now spreading across her forehead. We still had no test results, and my wife took her to our family doctor. Our family doctor didn't know the cause of the sores either and suggested we take her to the children's hospital emergency. We took our baby to the children's emergency room that evening. They took a look at the sores and listened to our concerns. They also took a swab, blood, and urine samples to try to determine the cause of the sores, bacterial or viral, and to determine if the sores had spread to other organs or systems. They tried to take a sample near the spinal cord as well to check if it was in her central nervous system, but they were unable to collect what they needed due to her small size of just 10 pounds and her movement during their attempts. While waiting for the results from the hospital, we were informed that the test results from the walk-in clinic showed only a culture of normal skin bacteria. 
She was admitted to the hospital and started on IV antiviral and antibiotic medication. After spending 48 hours in the hospital, we were informed that she had contracted herpes and that the sores may reoccur in the same region it started, the top of her head or around the mouth. They told us that she'll need at least a week of IV antiviral medication as she's too young to take oral antiviral. My mom was infected with HSV-1 when she was in grade 6, likely from her dad, and was hospitalized for a month. Apparently, they thought at the time that she would die from it due to the severity of her response. My older brother and I were infected with HSV-1 around the same age or younger from our mom, but we've only had reoccurring cold sores and no other major symptoms. Now, my little girl has herpes, despite our best efforts, and it breaks my heart. We're concerned about it now being easier to spread to our kids, and the possibility of it spreading to my wife's breast, which would affect her ability to breastfeed. This is especially concerning if we have more children in the future. Also, I found cold sores to be a cause of physical, emotional, and social discomfort in my own life, so I'm very sorry to have passed it along to my daughter. According to the info I found online, herpes on an infant or child can have life-changing consequences aside from the sores, such as blindness and brain damage, and it can even be fatal. Apparently, the majority of the general population likely has herpes, but a lot of people are asymptomatic, meaning they've never had cold sores. So, I'm sitting here in the hospital full of regret over a single kiss, and I'm hoping that she's able to make a full recovery. But, in a way, I'm glad that she did develop visible sores and that I suggested along the way that the sores could be due to herpes because they were able to diagnose and treat the virus relatively early, which may have prevented it from spreading to other regions of the body. I don't want to cause unnecessary or excessive fear among others, but I want to share my experience and raise awareness of the risk. I wish I knew what I do now a couple of weeks ago. I would take that kiss back in a heartbeat. As a father, one of my biggest fears is that I'll do something accidentally to hurt my child, either temporarily or permanently, but it's the last thing in the world I want. So reading this OP and knowing that you gave your kid a permanent illness, oh man, that stings. Today I effed up by buying condoms while shopping with my girlfriend's dad. This happened a few years ago. It was with my then girlfriend, now wife. My girlfriend's dad had to go to a big supermarket and asked if anybody needed anything. I was staying with them for Christmas, and I forgot to get a last-minute extra thing for my girlfriend, so I tagged along. We split up in the store. I went and got a box of condoms and went to the cashier with no cue. I, sa <laughs> I said to her very quietly, Can you put these through discreetly, please? My girlfriend's dad also then happened to join the queue behind me, just as the cashier said, rather loudly, There's no need to be nervous! You should practice safe sex! I looked around, and her dad heard everything. <laughs> I said, that's fine, but that man right there is my father-in-law. The cashier seemed pretty embarrassed. My father-in-law played it cool and seemed interested in the line of chewing gums at the kiosk. I will never forget that. Hey, look on the bright side, OP. At least it was just condoms and not butt f lube 9000. Today I effed up by hanging an eye hook for sexy time above my bed. I got divorced around my 40s. I have kids and I get week on, week off custody. 
I decide almost immediately upon getting divorced that I'm going to insert an eye hook above my bed so I can truss up future girlfriends for kinky, passionate hugging, spread my wild oats, etc. I get a big, strong, welded eye bolt right into the stud. You could repel from it. It was that strong. My kids aren't allowed in my bedroom, and I ended up using it successfully on my next two girlfriends. Life is good. A year or so later, my five-year-old kid gets sick on my watch. She's lying in my bed watching TV, which is my only one in the house, and she notices the hook. She asks me what it's for. I can't say that it's for plants, because I don't own any, so I blurt out that it's for a sky chair. Her, oh man, that's the worst possible thing to say to a kid. Her eyes get wide and she's super excited to sit and swing while sick in a sky chair while hanging a few inches above the bed. So, being a good dad, I get the hanging chair from outside, make some adjustments, and the kiddo is over the moon. She's so happy that every time she comes over, she wants to watch TV in the sky chair. I put a carabiner on it, and after a few years... <laughs> And after a few years, she can hook it up herself. Fast forward to today, and the same kiddo just turned 18. We've moved across country to be with my current wife in a new house. I'm removing a weird built-in desk in the corner of our kitchen. The kids want a reading book, so I install a bench by the window, some shelves, and bam, we have a nook. Cool. While, bra <laughs> While brainstorming with the family, my daughter says, Oh, I know, you could hang an eye hook up there so that we could hang the sky chair in the nook. You know, the eye hook like you had right above your bed in the old house. <laughs> the new wife looks at me with a very concerned and confused face. I now have some explaining to do as I get the stud finder for the new hook. I gotta wonder what the wife is thinking. Is she thinking... Oh my god, my new husband is a pervert who does kinky BDSM stuff with his exes. Or is she thinking, how in the hell does his daughter know about it? Also, <laughs> you just know that at some point in the future, maybe when she's in college, this 18-year-old girl is going to be like, wait a second, that eye hook wasn't for a swing chair? Oh my god, I spent my childhood playing with my dad's sex toy. Today I effed up by consuming cauliflower bites and beer on a first date. Yesterday, I drove six hours to meet a guy I met online, and I was pretty jazzed about Yeah, OP, we know that you're pretty jazzed about him because you drove six hours to meet him. Girl must be thirsty. Okay, we went for a walk, went to our local brewery, sat outside, enjoyed some cauliflower bites and a couple of beers while watching the sunset. We really hit it off, in conversation, and in sharing some physical intimacy. We took things back to his place, where things got hot and steamy in more ways than one. Fast forward to the middle of the night, <laughs> and I kept waking myself up with my own butthole ripping it multiple times, waking us both up each time it happens. I was in a half-lucid state, so I'd rip one, apologize, then roll back over and repeat. I made no thought or effort to go to the bathroom and release some pressure. It was the kind of gas that you just can't hold in. I addressed it in the morning, and I stated how embarrassed I was. He said, <laughs> he said that he was kept up by my gas, and that also, I snored. We had a great breakfast, shared some smiles and laughs. Our date was wonderful, but my unconscious, unsexy conduct has been haunting me since. F my life. Okay, everyone, here's my impression of what it's like to sleep with OP. <laughs> <laughs>
Today I effed up by assuming a patient had come in to get her nose fixed. I work in a plastic surgery department, and I had an appointment with a 17-year-old girl with her mother. The girl very obviously had a deviated septum, and before I confirmed the cause of her visit, I extremely carelessly blurted out, Nose? She was visibly embarrassed, and held up her heavily bandaged finger. I could not have been more wrong! This girl had third-degree friction burns on her fingers and had been referred to the plastic surgery department due to an ER visit. She had a pyogenic granuloma formed during the burn healing process, and when it bled, it had initially been mistaken for arterial bleeding. During the process of cleaning the wounds and properly dressing them, I noticed her looking closely in the mirror behind her a lot. So much so that I think that I may have actually caused self-confidence issues in someone already vulnerable to them. I haven't been able to stop thinking about it, and I feel like a major, major butthole. OP clarifies, Yes, I did apologize, and I explained how deviated septums can be medically significant. There will be a separate appointment for that. Oof, OP. If you can't stop thinking about it, imagine how much the poor girl is thinking about it. Also, down in the comments, we have a similar story from Shivering Songs. I was going out with friends after work at the mall, and when my shift ended, I decided to stop by the salon for a manicure to feel fancy. It was near closing time, but they obviously weren't that busy. I went in and asked, do you take walk-ins? The lady said yes and brought me to the back room. I was confused, because I'd had my nails done there before, and they did it at the bench, not in a private room. The lady, <laughs> the lady said, you're here for your eyebrows, right? Mortified, I said, Yes, and experienced my first brow wax. I figured that if they looked that bad, I needed them done more than my nails. I hate to tell you that that minor moment was 10 years ago, <laughs> and I still think about it. I do find it funny now, but I worry about that poor 17-year-old girl from your story, OP. I remember one time when I was in, I think, first grade, some, <laughs> some other kid said that my... <laughs> Man. Some other kids said that my ears look like open car doors, and that one still sticks with me. Today I effed up by telling my kid's three-year-old friend not to aim the Nerf gun at people. My son and his friend, both three years old, were playing with Nerf guns, and I told them, whatever we do, we don't point these at people, especially people's face. They listened for a bit, until this kid decided, I think it would be funny to break the rules and shoot this guy in the face. So, what does this guy do? He runs up to me and shoots me right in the face. Now, I've had plenty of injuries, but never by a Nerf gun. This dart hit me dead perfect in my right eyeball while my eye was open. Instantly, I went 100% blind in my right eye. After a few minutes, I realized this was serious, so I went to urgent care. The doctor at urgent care looked more nervous than I did and immediately sent me to the emergency room. I get to the emergency room, spent six hours there, but I did regain about 10% of my vision since then, and the doctors say that I should get it back within a few days, hopefully. But the doctor also told me, this is why you don't let kids play with Nerf guns. Touché, I guess. Wish me luck on my road to recovery. Down in the comments, we had this story from Milo Head. I work in a daycare, and I live in the same neighborhood as a lot of my students. A few years ago, somebody had the bright idea to give the neighborhood kids a bunch of Nerf guns at a street party. 
Over a dozen kids, aged 2 to 14, running around the street with Nerf guns while their parents sat back and drank. A recipe for disaster. I wasn't going to get involved. None of these kids belong to me, and I'm not on the clock. Until one of my students shot me point blank in the face. Luckily, he didn't hit anything important. I told him not to point the gun at my face or anybody's face. When he didn't listen and he lined up for another shot, I took the gun and returned it to its owner. Then I gave his mother the heads up and left her to deal with the tantrum. She got the kid another gun and he immediately shot his baby cousin in the face, giving her a bloody nose and a black eye. Two days later, the mother tried to put in a complaint with my boss. Apparently I was abusing my authority and power over her child and undermining her as a parent. My boss asked her why she let her three-year-old have a gun and why she gave him another one when he proved that he couldn't listen and play with them safely. They switched over to another childcare center and still avoid me in the street. Today I effed up by being with a guy way too long without asking him his name. I'm a 26-year-old woman, and I met this really good-looking guy who's 28 at an event three months ago. We really liked each other for the rest of the night. We talked about the books we like, we talked about our families, etc. There was a lot of connection. We ended the night with a kiss goodbye, and we got each other socials. We told each other our names at first, but I have a huge problem with names because of my job. I meet 200 to 300 students every year, and I think my mind has reached full capacity. I figured I could just see his name on his socials, but he has a nickname on his Instagram and just an emoji on his WhatsApp, so I couldn't learn there. A few, <laughs> a few nights later, we went out for drinks, and I felt so embarrassed to ask him his name since we'd already kissed by then. We kept seeing each other until now, and it's been three months almost. We also slept together, <laughs> and I think I'm starting to catch feelings also. I just don't know his name, and now it's been embarrassingly long to ask him. Opie, this is cute and funny, but come on, girl, have some creativity. Just say, hey, can I see your driver's license? I'm curious what your photo looks like. That was our slash today I effed up, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast, because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.